0: So when is this going out?
1: I I don't know. I well, it's two weeks time. I think is no yeah. a week. No, no, week that's and right. Yeah, that's right. No, because the one with Reese just come out. So you've just been yeah. on holiday. You've had a lovely time. I'm you... not on holiday, am I? If I mean at the moment, I'm not anywhere. I'm just sitting. <laughs> no, there, but well, this goes out. I will not be on holiday. I'll be in Lee Abbey speaking. That's oh,
0: pre-recording. It's the it. same
1: thing. It's It's holiday. Stop! I give of myself, Joe. I give even when people beg me to stop giving, even when they say "go away." I carry on giving. That is true. And I'm going to give myself now to this podcast. Thank you. Will you do that? So, welcome everybody to episode 105 of the Mid Faith Crisis Podcast. Who would I'm have it? I'm Nick Page. He's Joe Davis. Hello. We're recording this in advance. We are. Because
0: I'm at Lee Abbey. Yes, indeed, you are. And how's it going at Lee Abbey?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. Given that I, I'm still, uh, you know, given that I haven't got there yet, I, I'm going to say it's going either very badly, <laughs> or quite badly, or okay. i'll go with that as a a prophecy i'll update you next week or whenever we get back to this podcast i don't know what's going to happen so as
0: we're podcasting from the future or is it from the past i i'm i'm a bit confused now uh we got a, we got an interview
1: so shall Mm. i set this up Yes, do. Yes, this is this is going to rescue this podcast. It is. is. Sorry, no feedback this
0: time, but we're going to come back to a bumper load because you'll all have been writing in about healing and about what we're about to discuss. So I had the Mm. chance to go to Winchester and to meet up with Brian Draper. Brian Draper, I've known... Uh, well, to wave at and say hello once before on a church weekend I did in Winchester, but then through his Advent series and Lent series, which I absolutely love. Uh, he's uh, he's a fantastic guy and he's just written this book uh, about soulfulness in nature, soulful nature. And when someone writes a book title like that, you know, you've got to go and speak to them. So here's my interview with Brian Draper. Hey, so I am here. In this uh, little, well, part of your garage, isn't it? With it Brian is. Draper, everybody. Brian Draper, welcome to the Mid Faith Crisis Thank podcast. You. Thank Thanks you so very much. much for doing it. It's so great
2: to meet it's you. It's good to catch up I a feel lot. Like we're friends. <laughs> yeah. I've
0: never met you. yeah uh, We've right. dialogued by email a bit. I've, we follow your um, Advent readings in your Lent readings and and they're just brilliant and and what's great about them is you sort of join a whole community of people don't you
2: you? yeah you do we've got people from all over the world now so it's really nice stepping outside and everyone looking up at the same moon
0: yeah
2: <laughs> things I like that,
0: that. i absolutely and,
2: yeah. love the moon stuff <laughs> it's great
0: <laughs> yeah. but let's just backtrack a bit uh, i don't know how to introduce how would you introduce yourself who is brian draper
2: who is brian Draper? <laughs> aside from being married to Catherine and with three lovely right. children and living in winchester yeah. um I, I suppose i would say i'm a, a writer first and yeah. foremostly but uh you know, speaker, and um, and in the last few years, I've become, you know, really, I've really grown to love leading retreats, taking people outside, and I think what I've what I've come to understand about myself is that I love to to open up space for people to create kind of soulful space in which they can make a deeper connection, really, between faith and everyday life. I think that's what, I, in the yeah. end. It's such
0: a great thing mm. and also I'm just looking at your diary plan and we do see that you're Mr. Labyrinth man, <laughs> Japan, Austria,
2: Poland, <laughs> yeah, <holes>, yeah. <laughs> well, what's f- that about? I've been walking labyrinths for about 25 years and I still feel as excited about them really as, as I did when I first took my yeah. first baby steps onto my first path all those years ago. Um I, I'm, so for
0: those who don't know what a labyrinth is,
2: yeah. So a labyrinth is just a fantastic thing. It's it's a path that's marked on the floor, and people will uh, walk it contemplatively. They go back thousands of years. Uh, this is what I love about them: evidence for them that yeah. goes back thousands of years, and has been found. Evidence has been found going back that far all around the world. So they're not. It's not. It, it's like a contemplative spiritual practice, but it's not pegged to any one particular. Uh, geography or spirituality or culture seems to be quite a generic human thing to mark a path on the floor and walk it in some kind of contemplative or reflective way that said um, they play a beautifully rich part in the christian spiritual tradition and the oldest labyrinth path that you can still walk anywhere in the world that still survives is in Chartres cathedral in france and that's like the Wembley Stadium of labyrinths. That's okay. the one that you've got okay, to go that's... to. It's about nine hundred years old, and you can still walk it. And it's just and 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 these days, if you keep your eyes out for them, they are beginning to appear in a lot of public places, parks, and there's one on a hillside um, in Winchester that I take people to. Because it it walking a labyrinth, it's it's a single. It looks a bit like a maze, but yeah. it's a single path. It winds its way into the centre. And back again. And it's like a symbolic, it's, it's symbolic really of, of pilgrimage towards God at the centre and then back out. It doesn't have to be God. It could be just towards the centre of, you know, what matters most in your life, your work, yourself, really. And it's, so it's a lovely exercise in pressing in. There's a combination of the physicality of the walking yeah, and the spiritual intent of pressing into that so do you place.
0: stop along the way for reflection or pauses, or are you moving all the time in a labyrinth? You, it work?
2: you, you, you can do both. When it's just a pure labyrinth path, you tend to just keep moving. And I, when I mm. walk them, I walk them slightly slower than normal pace. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's a lovely exercise. It's not it's not magic, but there is a mystery to it. Um, you, because you're walking for probably about half an hour or so, or, or maybe okay. even longer, it gives your mind an opportunity just to sort of quieten down as you're focused on that one kind of exercise of putting one foot in yeah. front of the other. And and it just takes you, helps you to step into a slightly richer mm. quality of space that emerges kind of outside and inside as well, within. Um, With with one that I've designed that I use with organisations and kind of Mm. my work takes me all over the place using labyrinths, which is an interesting thing in itself for organisations that aren't you know specifically Christian organisations. But I but I have designed pausing points along the way with kind of guided written reflections on themes that people Mm. can you know ponder as they go gratitude and childhood and which path to choose and you know Mm. how where does your soul stir and things that often high-paced young successful professional people who often walk these Mm. paths that I've created um haven't thought about in quite some time it just it and, and the labyrinth path holds you in the space for just about long enough that you actually begin to settle into a different kind of rhythm again you know you feel a bit frustrated to start with because you want to get from a to b as quickly as you can but actually you just begin to settle in and it gives you gives your brain the opportunity to quieten down and you just become receptive to those kind of moments of clarity moments of insight moments of epiphany Mm. that come when you are just in that Mm. sort of gentler zone
0: That's so great. Yeah, I love That's it. That's <laughs> so great.
2: And you wrote Soulfulness
0: a few years back. When did that? Yeah, when did that come out? That
2: came out uh, four years ago.
0: And it was interesting for me reading that because I'd also been reading a few books on mindfulness at the time. Yeah, and uh, and you know that section in a bookstore is like ever expanding, isn't it? It's it a huge section, and now the magazine rack is full of mindfulness magazines. It's all
2: everything. the rage,
0: and you're putting it, and you sort of. You know, sometimes you think, oh, is this Christians stepping on the bandwagon? Oh, and, and, you know, what what do you mean by soulfulness and how might that differ from what people mean for mindfulness? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I love mindfulness,
2: I, by the way. I, yeah, <laughs> I think... I, I mean, I wrote Soulfulness, really, because I, I wanted to take as my starting point uh, an appreciative kind of inquiry into mindfulness. Because yeah. for me... Um, I love a few things about mindfulness in particular. Mm. I, I I love its effectiveness. I love its simplicity. I love the way that people who wouldn't normally, uh, not just darken the door of a church, but would be a bit freaked out by talk mm. about spirituality as well. Yeah. I love the way it opens up for ordinary, busy people an opportunity to, to be present. I love mm. the way that some of the real mindfulness gurus like... Um, John Kabat-Zinn the guy who's responsible for starting the mindfulness based stress reduction program hmm. that's had so much effect all around the world. I love the kind of language they use. Yeah. So he talks about mindfulness as being wakefulness with open-hearted presence. Oh, I
0: love
2: that. And I think if mm. if we could simply go through our oh, day yeah. awake with open-hearted presence, that's that's a that's a yeah. good place to start, isn't it? I love the fact that um, yeah. Professor Mark Williams, who was um, is a clinical psychologist, but also um, an Anglican clergyman and used to uh, help to run the Oxford Centre for Mindfulness, um, he describes meditation, for instance, as calmly abiding in the present moment. Yeah. And again... We can yeah. all do that. We yeah. don't necessarily need the meditation not mat sure. and all the kind of the, yeah, the yeah, techniques. Yeah. You can step outside yeah. and have a cup of tea for five minutes and calmly buy it in the present moment. The great challenge, of course, then, is not to step outside and have a cup of tea and think about all sorts of different things, but have a cup of tea to have a cup of tea for really those enjoy that five cup of tea. minutes to taste it, <laughs> yeah. to, to be in the present moment. So, 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 I think that what mindfulness has helped with is well, there's there's a few things. First of all, there's there's just this wonderful point of connection within our culture now for people who are accessing some deeper, more profound stuff, but in a really helpful way. I think mindfulness also. Helps to show Christians like me the kind of contemplative riches that we've been sitting on for yeah. centuries and Accenture. centuries, yeah. and haven't really quite realised yeah. just how beautiful and effective they are. You know, yeah. be be still, be still. Um, so, uh, you know, that wonderful focus on your breathing as yeah. well, yeah. Um, and 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 just reminds me of just returning to that kind of intimacy of the breath and the the breath in and out that's like the hebrew consonants for the name of god yeah i love that you know it it just gets richer and richer and deeper and deeper so i suppose i wrote soulfulness because um i feel as i've i've had a lot of conversations with people about mindfulness and they often would say oh yeah i did a mindfulness course two years ago Mm. and oh i really must get back to it and and there's a sense in which it, it carries you so far, but it doesn't necessarily envision you to a life of adventure mm-hmm. in 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 sure. quite the way that we might. So so actually, um, I came to to think that, that that with mindfulness it takes you to this beautiful point where the mind is quiet, where we are just at, on the threshold of something really beautiful, but. What do we do from that point? I liken it to when I I went out running one day, and it was was one of those days when it was raining one moment, sunny the next, ran into the nature reserve, chucking it down with rain, and all of a sudden there was this incredible double rainbow, and it stopped me absolutely dead in my tracks, or alive in my tracks, whatever you want to say, and kind of connected me with this with something bigger, lifted me up out of my, the sort of petty grievances with the world that I was probably, you know, and, and, and connected me. Yeah. And, but then the challenge is how do we stay more connected, more meaningfully connected in the day to day as the, as the rainbow sort of inevitably fades from view and you sort of jog back into the busyness of your life how do you carry that impactful. with you yeah how do you do that and, and how <laughs> and and how do you how do you stay present in a way yeah. that then um, brings life to life in in a, in a sense mm. and i feel as though with mindfulness it, it helps you very yeah. much to stay present to that but as the as the as that constant chattering of the mind what what people like Richard Raw would call the the ego, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the the the, the, yeah. the chatter in the mind that's always comparing, controlling, competing. As that begins to quieten down, I think it gives opportunity for the soul to stir. Mm. And it's it's amazing how it's it's perhaps when you are beholding a an amazing double rainbow, or when you're listening yeah. to a child laughing infectiously, or when you're drinking a beautiful cold. Pint of lager on a summer's day, or yeah. or even standing at a graveside, you you feel connected in a deeper yes. deeper way. Yes. And I believe, for me, that's when the soul is stirring. I, I love I love mm. um I love the Hebrew word nefesh, uh which is which is um, translated um, often in the Bible as as soul. It's the first mm. m- first mention of. Um, the word soul in the King James Bible from Genesis 2 verse 7 God creating a a man from the dust breathing life into him and he becomes a living soul and and for me there's something gorgeous, compelling, crucial about this meeting of matter and spirit and spirit
0: in the same place which creates
2: something bigger than the sum of the parts Ah, and for me connects me as a living whole to the whole of yeah. God's creation. So, and it's in... To Christ in all it's things. In yeah. all things. And it's yeah. in that connection yeah. Yeah. that I believe you, you sense your soul stirring, that that sense that there must yeah. be more to life than this. And then just yeah. every now and again, we feel it. Yeah. And I think that's, for me, just such a big thing thing now, thinking about that, the embrace, that divine embrace there between matter and spirit. It's so incarnational. You think about the word becoming flesh, you know, you think about all things being held together and and suddenly life becomes about that divine embrace at the heart of all things. And that's so wonderful. And and the physical, the simple physicality of things. You yeah. know, the having a cup of tea and enjoying yeah. it and it how does it not just quench your thirst but touch your soul at, at the same time? You know, it's it, it, so beautiful.
0: Yeah. And,
2: and, and and just just lastly on that, I think that a lot of people get a bit freaked out by the word spirituality. And sometimes yeah. it can it it can mean all sorts of things to different people. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about what's soulful In your life, you know, the music that stirs your soul or a favorite cafe where you can just be yourself or or a gallery that just inspires you Mm. or a favorite view. Then I, th- I think that um, means something to people, and I yeah. think that they can identify with. And that. also, it's free of sort of religious language. I mean, it is yeah. so universal. This it, this it experience,
0: is. it's a real connection point yeah. for all people. Yeah. I remember when I was going through my uh, you know angsty mid faith crisisy phase right back at the beginning, and you know I really felt, especially as a Baptist minister, like you've got to go to church. And I remember pouring my soul at someone called Roy Searle. Have you come across Roy? Yeah, he's yeah. lovely. Yeah. <laughs> He said to me, "Joe, don't go to church. Go for a walk. Yeah. So just just go go walk in the forest." He said nothing. Yeah, oh. he, he, he like gave mm. me permission. Mm. I mean, something I could have done off my own back, but actually, just sometimes yeah. you need to hear you someone have to have permission give sometimes. you permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, and it was the mm. best. Mm. It was the be, it was the best Sunday I would ever had because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't go yeah. to church. No, yeah, yeah. no, I don't mean that. And I loved it, but but it was just so important and because for me and you know, connected me to this truth that's always been in my life. I most connect with God outside. Right. Yeah. There's just no no denying it, no Mm. doubt. In the birds, in the views, in the exactly as you've just been articulating, far better than I ever could say. Thank wow. you. That is great. Now, listen. We got. To, I could talk to you all afternoon. Look, we're already on 16 minutes. We haven't even mentioned a book. Oh no, the book. Look. So you've written a book with with the title. If ever there's a book title that is going to draw me in and make me buy it straight away, is "Soulful Nature: A Spiritual Field Guide." Yeah. So tell us how... You've written it with someone else. you better mention them. Tell us about this book, how it's come about, and why you're hanging out with Claire Balding. All yeah. of those things are important.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I, I'm really excited about this book. Um, just because it does... It, it, it opens up a space. Do you know what? what I've, something I've noticed in the last five years of reading lots of nature books yeah. is that I still haven't really come across anyone who's making a profound spiritual connection Mm. in terms of nature. There's a lot of very, very beautiful nature books that are spiritual, but there are very few books out there that are helping people to actually explore and express why. What, what, why does our soul stir when we're out there what what might this mean for us so um i for for a number of years i have done a series of outdoor spring yeah. seasonal walking retreats over at the brilliant motisfont priory yeah. um which is um it's renowned it's world famous for its vintage collection of uh, roses that you know that come out every yeah. June, but actually, it's for me, it's incredible because it's got this beautiful wellspring that has never been known to run dry. And you just go over there and plonk mm-hmm. yourself in front of the wellspring, and you know that's mm-hmm. that's therapy enough wow. um, for for half an hour. So so I've so, so a guy who was the lead outdoor guide at uh, font, I got to know Howard Green. He's a bot- botanist, great on flora and fauna. Uh, retired. The kind of Great uncle you never had, and right. always wished you did have. Yeah. Who's a font of uh, knowledge, and if he doesn't know something, he'll find out and come back to you. Um, so we we have these we have these sort of walking conversations, really, where where he points out kind of mm. what's going on in springtime, and we reflect on mm. just how to you know what what does it mean, for instance, that some coppiced hazel wood. Mm. Um, um, in this beautiful copse in this Hampshire woodland, and we go into this woodland, mm. and how it tells us about coppicing, mm. and with coppicing, nothing, no part of the wood is wasted, mm. right? And so, so, so that is immediately resonating with mm. me, and I'm thinking, if no part of that wood is wasted, then, then what if it might be true that no part of our life is wasted in God's economy, mm. even if we feel well, it is, yeah. and we don't necessarily have to work it out but if i stand with a group of people by this pile of coppiced hazel mm. as the sunlight shafting through as bird, birds are singing in this beautiful oh. wood and we just lay our hands on this this wood that's warmed yeah. by the sun and are still for five minutes and bring out yeah utter perplexity about why my friend has just got cancer and why this little kid that I know has got a brain tumour and blah blah blah. Exactly. I can't tell you, but I can put my hand on that wood for instance and find some kind of Mm. connection. And we and and what Mm. so 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 Howard and I opened up the space and what we found time and time again is just in the simplicity of these Mm. simple reflections as we go around places like Mottis people talk about healing people come mm. back and say I can't qualify it or quantify no, right. it but I know something has shifted and it lasts yeah so so so, exactly. so so what we began to think was wouldn't it be fun to do 12 walks through t- the 12, 12 months through four seasons yeah. find 12 different places to go in it, it's in yeah. the south um, yeah, yeah but but it's it's kind of a generic thing so it will speak mm. to you wherever you are and following the footsteps of some amazing nature writers, some poets, some historians, some people who have done great things, just uh, like um, uh, the, we went down to Kingly Vale near Chichester, which is not a million miles from your sort no, of patch, no, I think. No. Um, do you know? Have you been there? No, I haven't. Okay, no. so you've got to go. It's, it's
0: Chichester all the time, but I don't think I've been there.
2: So there's a place called Kingly Vale.
0: Okay.
2: It has the oldest grove of yew trees in the country. Oh so it's got this Gold crests not far away ancient. in that case great quite possibly ah. Tennyson wrote some of his lovely poetry there so so, so Howard and I went there I was in a real funk because for about two months I'd just been I'd just been pretty low I'd been struggling I'd been getting through but yeah. we went there and we, we, we went into this grove of yew trees yes. and we spent about we, we on a each of our 12 walks, we found somewhere just to be still for half an hour and we'd go our separate ways and we'd just stop. Yeah. And I stopped, cradled in this branch of this thousand-year-old yew tree, you know. And um, and it was one of those really mystical experiences where you just settle into a space. And I walked out of, out of that grove of yews, again shifted somehow. And that mm. thing had... Gone, and I'm. I'm. I'm not saying it's magic. I'm not saying, no, but no, something no. happens but when. It's,
0: it... Richard Roy has a word for this.
2: I, I think. I think I'm
0: right in saying. I have to be careful. I don't misquote him. But you. You know this stuff that you're talking about. Nick takes the Mick out of me. Who, who he? He's another minion on this podcast. I don't know if I mentioned him. Anyway, he. <laughs> he, he I think he I've heard me, of him. He calls me Californian and wiffly and all this stuff because when you start to. St- try and articulate the experience you're having. It does sound hippie or weird yeah. or and so Richard Moore calls it transrational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like no language you're gonna give this is gonna really no, get it. No. <laughs> but the experience is real and undeniable. Absolutely. or the healing, or whatever words you're going to use to call that what's going on here. Yeah, That is real, but try and explain it to someone else without sounding cuckoo, or, or like, you, you know, it's really difficult.
2: It, it is really difficult. Um, um, E.F. Schumacher, the German economist. He
0: played
2: in goal he, he, for he, who? He, yeah, well, that was Albert Camus actually, but Schumacher was uh, a midfielder, I think, for Bayern Munich probably. He also wrote books on the economy and he wrote a book called Less Is More and in it he said that um, he said that an ounce of experience is worth far more than a ton of theory. Yeah, And I think that applies oh, in this man. case because you, you, it, it, it's true, I can't really oh. tell you what happened in that... In yeah. that kind of, kind of instance. But I know that it happened. And I know that it, it compels me. In a sense to step outside. Not just to look after my own mental health. Which mm-hmm. is really important. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of studies now going on. About you know, two yeah. hours a week. In nature. Has yeah. a profoundly positive effect on our mental yeah. health. And they're talking about it. Alongside your five a day of fruit and veg. And things like that. And a kind of national health yeah. you know, uh, uh, thing. But beyond that it's good for the soul. It, 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 mm. it, it, it is profoundly exciting to begin to think, okay, yeah. so, so what is going on here? So, so mm. these 12 walks that we went on took us into all sorts mm. of different places. I mentioned Kingly Vale cause it's near you and, and yeah. a guy called Arthur Tansley, um, was responsible for setting up the very first nature reserve down there um in the country and um, he was he was a scientist who was the first person to make popular the term ecology and when you start thinking about ecosystems and ecology Mm. and the the joined upness of all things Uh, you know uh, we, we 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 begin to get into deeper territory again oh, yeah. um, especially remembering asking what what place the creator within all this and what, what does it matter that we find communion not just with nature and ourselves and each other but with God within it mm. seeing the holiness of creation wherever we go and seeing ourselves as part of the beauty of yeah, that scene as well. I mean
0: you are completely speaking my language here I wonder do you do you ever come against opposition in the church because this isn't necessarily mainstream I mean there is still a sort of God is out there or God is up there in heaven and God's a man by the way (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and um, and we're down here and you know what's this? What's this? God in all things, God in a tree, God yeah, in any nonsense. Yeah, you're yeah. talking. Do you ever? Do you ever get any back chat from that sort of stuff?
2: Yes, I mean you can tell. I mean I think people are, are quite polite, so they look at me quizzically, <laughs> and in that look, you can tell they're saying, "Are you? Are you suggesting we worship that tree or yeah. that or that kingfisher yeah. or whatever?" Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know, it's not about pantheism, but it is about seeing the holiness. Of creation, John Philip Newell, oh, yeah. who used to be the, the, the warden mm. of Iona, has written some crucial books on mm. Celtic spirituality and retrieving some of the, the, mm. the, the more natural elements yeah. of our faith, said that the stuff of matter, the, 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 the stuff of creation springs forth from the womb of God, so everything that's created mm. has the divine DNA. so don't tell me that that thousand-year-old tree over at mottisfont the the mottisfont oak or don't tell me that kingfisher that i saw darting along the river is not part of holiness because Mm. it absolutely is and we have been so disconnected partly because we misinterpret genesis and think that having dominion over the world is about yeah. Mining it and you, you know, <laughs> and it. screwing <laughs> it over, fracking it, yeah. Um, um, but also partly because we run scared of, of this paranoia about what wor- you know. Are we worshipping it? I mean, <clears throat> you know, so, so 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 it's. But you just enter when I, what I found is that when you step out, especially when you step outside, mm. you enter. Some kind of flow. If you mm. if you're out there, and not just still charging from A to B, you know I think sometimes yeah. even when we walk the dog, we're sort yeah. of, sort of charging from A to B a little bit. Yeah. But pause. Stop. We had this. So 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 you mentioned Claire Balding. We yeah. Um, she she does a beautiful Radio Four program called Ramblings, which which I'm sure a lot of your
1: right.
2: listeners will 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 know. Mm. Thursday is three o'clock. Mm. And she goes for a walk with um, interesting people or famous people or sometimes people like me who are neither Mm. interesting nor famous. But um, but it goes to interesting places. So she wanted to go on a a, a spiritual walk. And we Mm. were doing a retreat walk, which she joined us on in January. And we had this kind of really mysterious moment where we were walking into the, the water meadows in Winchester, stopped on a bridge... And I and I said to her, I just I love looking out for the kingfisher along this river. Occasionally, yeah, you're really lucky and you see yeah. it. And I said, there's a there's a poem that that I really mm. like by a woman called Anne Lewin called Prayer is like waiting for the kingfisher. I said it'd be really lovely if it uh, if you don't mind, I'd just just like to read this now. Let's keep our eyes open for it today, but we probably won't see it. But just. You know, it's a, prayer is a bit like waiting for the kingfisher. So I started reading this poem. Two lines in, prayer is like waiting for the kingfisher. You, you have to, you have to be there. You have to mm. wait. I can't remember how it goes exactly. And she just said, "Stop!" <laughs> and, and and held me on the shoulder and said, "Did you see that?" And I hadn't because I was reading, but my wife was there and she was sort of nodding. And, said, and I thought, "Okay, what's happened?" And she said, "As you just literally, as you started <laughs> reading those lines, a, a, a blue dark was yeah. arrowing its way towards us up the river just came right close to us and banked round over our shoulders and and flew in. <laughs> she said how how nice. does how nice. does that happen? You know? <laughs> and I don't know. But and, and you, you know and it's um great. you know in the old days it's you great. you would have you would have you would have said that's that's a miracle. Yeah. Or some people would say that's yeah. pure coincidence and yeah. I think there's a gorgeous middle way which is yeah. that When you step out intentionally, Mm. soulfully, you find yourself in a a slightly different kind of flow, which doesn't mean to say you're going to see a kingfisher every time or even that you have to, but that you notice more. You find yourself Mm. in tune with the rhythms and seasons and cycles of God's creation. You find yourself more fully within it. And as you find yourself within nature, nature calls out something of our own soulful nature too, because you can't pose to a river. No. And you can't prove yourself. Yeah, it's to, not really uh,
0: interested in your ego.
2: Not not as interested <laughs> as we are. Um, and, and and the reason that, that this matters, because it does sound a bit tree huggy yeah. at times, but the reason that this matters is that we are in the process of the sixth mass extinction of species. Yeah. We are to, burning uh, the climate up. Yeah. And, and coming back to to, to, to to Christians and churches, yes, there is some of that kind of quizzical, mm. are you getting a bit new agey about this? Yeah. But do you know what? I think actually much more positively there is a deep hunger now to say how can we be part of the solution? Part of the healing. And yeah. Part of the healing. And it goes mm. beyond, is your church
0: yeah. an
2: eco-church that recycles yeah. its paper? Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. that's all really crucial. That's We all yeah. have to play our part, don't we? But there's... I really believe that we have an opportunity, those of us with faith, those of us with some kind of inkling, whether we're part of churches or not, or yeah. part of communities, to actually organise ourselves and to, first of all, learn once more to take joy yeah. in, in nature. The, the, the brilliant yeah. nature writer, Michael McCarthy, wrote a a, a, a kind of terrifying book called the moth snowstorm a little while ago oh, yeah. um the moth snowstorm because you, you, you we, yeah those. you used to drive down a on a holiday 70s. splattered yeah. on the windscreen yeah. moths yeah, the same, everywhere yeah. and you don't see them so the first half of his brilliant book is all about how utterly devastating the mm. present situation is the second half is the the call to arms mm. but his principal call to arms if you like is to learn to take joy in nature again. And this yeah. kind of echoes with what Brene Brown says. She says you cannot fight for something yeah, right. that isn't there already in your heart. And I think yeah. we are we, we have to get outside yeah. consciously, yeah. intentionally and draw deep again. Great. Take joy. Find ourselves within it so that we can begin the yeah. fight back. And I think yeah. we could be Somewhere. in the vanguard of yeah. it. If I we if
0: yeah. if yeah. we yeah. stop yeah. Exactly. to really now listen, I could talk to you all day, we've got to, we've got to start to wrap things up, so uh, let me just, let's first questions first, how can people get their hands on Soulful Nature, Spiritual Field Guide? Sh-
2: it should be available from all good booksellers and it's on the dreaded yeah. Amazon and yeah. online, all that sort Buy of thing. Buy it from a
0: bookshop if you can. Hey. That's if you what can, we're order saying.
2: it, order yeah. it from a bookshop, Yeah, support right. a local bookshop.
0: Yeah, Definitely. we're into that, yeah. we're into that. Because there's this other lesser-known author I know called Nick Page, and he, you know, oh yeah,
2: yeah,
0: he, yeah, he writes books. He, he does, yeah. Who knew? <laughs> oh, he's gonna love that. Now, listen. Do you know in Soul place the other night we were we've been we've just been looking a little bit about open heart and closed heart, and and it's, it's interesting. You just do a quick run through the Bible. There's a lot about having a hard heart or a closed heart or having an open heart, and then you start to see Jesus was about opening hearts up.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, And in fact, there was a lovely, the author, Marcus Borg said, a thin place is anywhere your heart is open. I love that. It's just that really rang true. And it just strikes me talking to you that so much of what you do is like bringing the horse to water (laughs) and then just seeing what happens, allowing the heart to open. Who knows what's going to happen as people feel safe enough to open their hearts to, to the other to something
2: else to something 100%, 100%. bigger 100% creating the space and giving permission for people to step into it yeah. which is absolutely crucial and then daring not to stuff it full of too much yeah. stuff but allowing something that happens beyond words yeah. the trans as Richard Rawls as you yeah. say um, allowing it the space to unfold so listen I've got two more questions for
0: you one will you come and do a day for us for Mid-Faith Crisis listeners at leaders outside, we can come to you. We can come to Winchester, yeah. Yeah, let's Will do you? it. Will you do yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Great, that would that be brilliant. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. It. So, that was one question. Yeah. What was okay. the other question? Uh, what would you say to people in mid So, there's people out there who are you know sitting in churches, scratching their heads, thinking, well, I'm not sure any of this makes sense to me. Any have you got any words of wisdom for them or a starting place for someone who's just feeling, mm, I'm not sure about God anymore?
2: Um. I think, I think it's about. Well, I was, I was going to say hang in there, but that's that's not that's not right, really, is it? It's 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 be inspired. It's 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 look yeah. out, look up, um, um, get out, make those connections. And you know, I've always tried to hold the the two in creative tension. Being part of a Christian oh. church community yeah. and finding those deeper experiences, mm. well, not always outside, but sometimes it's 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 always within the realm of creativity. Whether it's mm. in creation or. Human creativity at the gallery, or yeah. in a, at a film, or reading yeah. a beautiful novel, or whatever it is. Mm. But I, but 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 I think for me, I have never ever ever regretted stepping outside mm. and not just sort of going out to say, right, right, God, where are you? No. But pausing, breathing, listening, using my senses, settling in, and I say it's very, very, very rare that I can't can't discern something of god within it all and that's when that experience that ounce of experience begins Wonderful. which actually maybe gives you the heart to get through a few church services
1: as well
0: <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast i really appreciate it bless you mate bless you thank, thank you, you. <laughs> well that was very good well wasn't it i mean there's mm. a man who is speaking our language i think mm, very much yes Yes. Yeah, no, um, I I don't know where to, where to start other than that he is doing what
1: I would like to do. Are you going to go and sort of snog a yew tree then? Is yes, of course
0: I am. I didn't even know that yew tree was there to be snogged, but you can guarantee it will have my saliva on it soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is something amazing about ancient trees I think. Oh, there is, there is exactly. something astonishing about oh, no yeah. I really like that I really like the kind of way that he phrased what he does yeah um, opening about...
0: up soulful space for people so they can yes. make a deeper connection with themselves and with God
1: whoa and make a deeper connection between faith and everyday life he talked oh. about in the beginning as well I think that's was really uh, really good um, so what did you kind of take away from that interview mainly what would you, what would you sort of bring out of that
0: I think it's just good to meet someone who walks the talk. I mean, he's very open about his failures at this, at the contemplative life, at the mindful life, at the rest of it. Mm, But fundamentally, you know, because friends have have gone on a lot of the things he's done. They just say it's so powerful. He is brave Mm. enough to just create space and see what happens. Just Mm. allow the souls of people who are there to open up and embrace what's going on. Around them. So I think um, and I loved what he said about, you know, what stirs your soul? Is it a gallery? Is it a bit of music? Is it a view? You know, when he was talking about, you know, the coppicing, no part of that is wasted. What if in God's economy, no part of my life is wasted? Some days I'm tempted to think. Oh, what a waste! You know, I get to the end of the day, and you know, like you know, maybe mum, you know, mum had been annoying or something. You know, or I'd just been having troubles with the computer, and you know, been emailing all day, and just been getting myself into a state. But I think the wise person sort of sits back from all that and says, "But all of those things are what you were called to do today. Mm. You know, to serve your mother, to visit her, to bless her, to Mm. to you know, solve problems with the computer, to to." to to write kindly to people uh, in emails you know that that's it stop thinking that the main action is something else and embrace what's here in front of you and that moment when you had your coffee in the morning did were you there for it or were you so busy you missed it because that first sip of coffee is always spectacular yes but was i was i alive to it today or was i not alive so i come away with all those kind of thoughts really um yeah,
1: funnily enough, that's almost exactly what I should be teaching at the moment. Is that right? I well, shall have no, actually, because when this comes out, I will have, have taught ta- it. You will have taught it. How how did it go? Pretty badly. <laughs> I think we've established that. <laughs> but that is attentiveness and yeah, and um, the the using your senses to attend to the presence of God in your life and enjoying the taste and the 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 smell and all those kind of senses. I think is really really um, important. Mm. I also really liked his um, the idea of contemplative walking. Oh, that's yeah. That's a great yeah. thing. I'm never quite sure with labyrinths, if I'm honest, because, you know, you can... I don't know. Perhaps I've done too many of them. I don't know. But but, but I, I like the contemplative walking, and I like the, the sense of bringing space for you to pause and do certain exercises. I'm interested
0: um, that he he uses them commercially, you know, with corporates rather yeah, than just that in church settings. You know, that, so people will pay big money to have a labyrinth, to go on a labyrinth.
1: That's that. Yeah. Never well, really... that, I mean, that's, we're missing a trick quite clearly. Exactly. He's got a leverage Come on spiritual on. formation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, and, no, I think that is interesting. And it shows that people are interested in uh, what he talked about, the soul and spirituality. Even though those two might be loaded. loaded yeah, words. yeah. And I
0: liked his definition of mindfulness, wakefulness with open-hearted presence. Wakefulness, that's a nice word. Yeah,
1: and again, interesting, I'm I'm reading a book at the moment in in Mm. real time, which is really about the relationship of Christian mystics with mindfulness. I'll put a link up, it's called Living with the Mind of Christ. It's it's a bit rambly at points, but it's quite interesting to see how far the roots of of mindfulness, which is attention to the present, go into go back into sort of Christian mysticism, into the Bible and it, yeah. way forward into modern poetry like Eliot. all this kind of stuff. It's, it's all there. Yeah, um, exactly. It's got a very strong, we can reclaim it, which is good. Yes. And I,
0: I loved, I loved that thing as well about, um, from Schumacher. I can't remember whether it was the Man United one or the Leicester one, but you know, an <laughs>
1: EF Schumacher. Yeah. An
0: thing. ounce of experience is worth far more than a ton of theory.
1: Yes. yes. Well, ain't that the truth? It's a very good book, Small is Beautiful, actually. I read it is years it? ago. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I really liked it and, and, and obviously I'm drawn to it because it's stuff I've been thinking about since, it's, since, uh, you know, going to Ireland last year and, and almost since the bird watching days and things yeah. like that as well that we, that we did. Well, it's bang
0: on theme for you with your outside theme. It the, is, yeah. and I've yeah. been
1: reading quite a lot about it. And uh, not to laden people with more books, but if you are interested, but Brian also talked about the um, therapeutic effects of nature. Yeah, There's a couple of books. One is a really lovely, beautifully written book called *The Nature Cure* by Richard Maybe, which is talking mm. about how he went into deep depression and how, he's a great nature writer anyway, and how a, a, a return to sort of that, that those practices mm. really helped him through and the other is it's not such a good well-written book but it's quite interesting it's called um the nature fix by a woman called florence williams and what she Mm. does she's a journalist and she goes and looks around um she looks at all these the studies that are being currently done in japan and usa and elsewhere on the the therapeutic effects of nature and they're studying Mm. the effect on brain waves on stress on all this Mm. kind of thing and they're really putting together solid evidence base for getting out and going outside yeah. and and, yeah. and experiencing it's it's very um yeah no, uh, compelling. I, I definitely
0: have an ounce of experience here that's for sure because when yeah. i had my sort of brush with depression however long ago it was seven or eight years now i think um you know i would i would walk the beach just all the time and and yeah. literally follow the tide in you know, just go out on right. the foreshore and just watch the tide. It was mesmeric for me yes. watching yes. the tide come in, and it was immensely therapeutic.
1: Yeah, so. Mm. So, brilliant. Well done. Another great interview. You're you. are very
0: good at these. Uh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah. I, I really did yeah.
1: enjoy it. And I should
0: say to people, it's a bit, worth probably a bit late now to sign up for the Lent readings, but do make contact with Brian Draper. You can find his website out there. It's uh, really straightforward. And, um, and, yeah, join us. I'll see you, I guess, on the Advent readings now. So he tends to do readings for Lent, and readings for Advent. Every, and what's nice about them is they're very simple, very connected, not dem- too demanding. Because uh, yeah, that's great.
1: And you you mentioned that you typically for you you decided mm. oh we'll do a day. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Of and course. do you do you still want to do that? Yes, I, of course. I, I yeah. think that would actually be a good thing to do.
0: Yes, we shall. So we'll we'll make that happen in the autumn if we can.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, well thank you for doing the interview. Thank you for that. And uh I don't I have no idea which day this is or what's happening. No. Um, But wherever you are, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll be back. Will we be back next week? Yeah,
0: I'm sure we will. Okay. Anyway, be kind to yourselves.
1: Yeah. And to others.
0: Hmm.